I want to start with something funny. If you were here this morning, you have heard it again, you can laugh again or cry, depending on how you find this thing. I heard about this kindergarten teacher who wanted to teach her students, God bless you, my friend, who got a decision about self, so I'll start again, okay, because you were distracted by him. Where have you been all my life? I heard about this kindergarten teacher, and she wanted to teach her students about self-esteem. So she said to her class, everyone who thinks you are dumb, please stand up. She didn't think that anyone would stand up, and she would make the point that nobody is dumb. But at that time, little Peter stood up. She didn't quite know what to do. She said, now, Peter, do you really think you are dumb? And Peter replied, no, ma'am, I just hate you standing there by yourself, all by yourself. Oh. We welcome Holy Spirit. <laughs> sorry, because I was terrible. I'm so sorry. Some of you are so religious, then you probably don't like this. Anyway, I want to do something tonight, which is the most important message in my life and most important message that you have to hear. This should be the message, uh, Christianity 101, in any Bible college, any church, anywhere in the world. And if you don't get it the first day, you should get it the second day because this is absolutely what your identity is made of. And believe me, it changed my life. I've got a master's of theology. Now, it sounds great, but it is great. Uh, but the thing is, though, I never knew this. I wish I'd known this. I wish they did on day one, they would have done it. It would have saved me 20 years of heartache of some of the things that I had to go through, not understanding who I really was. And so I really want you, particularly young people, man, how blessed you are. You're going to hear this message tonight. I mean, I wish I was your age and that I heard this message. So you are blessed out of your socks. Just tell yourself, I am blessed out of my socks tonight. Blessed. Isn't even a saying here, out of my socks tonight? Yeah, okay. So Christianity is so amazing. Amen? Christianity is so amazing. Guys, stay with me. No, 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 no distraction. I want you to really stay with us. Stay with me. Christianity is so radical, right? It's so amazing. It is so outrageous. It is so incredibly powerful, and it is so incredibly offensive to the self-made man. Just incredible. You know why? So, Gideon, why is it so incredible? It's because Christianity starts with perfection. I'm going to talk tonight a message to you. It's called, You Are Perfect. Tell your neighbor, you are perfect. Well, helpful for your marriage, it's awesome. Any relationship issue, that's good. You are perfect in sin. See, I want to talk about tonight who you have become when you are born again. If you're a Christian, you're born again with God's Holy Spirit. And I want to talk about this, what actually happened in that place. Because you may say, what do you mean, Gideon? We had for eight weeks this series on mental and emotional health. Or hell, like I said this morning. Because some of you live in this place of hell because of your brains and your emotions and stuff that's happened to you a long time ago and all kinds of stuff in your life. And it can be really, really hard. You know the thoughts, you know the stuff that's going on in my life. What do you mean you are perfect? We struggle all with things, don't we? So how does this work? But there's no religion. I don't even call the religion Christianity. No religion like Christianity. All other religions trying to attain something. you got to become something. you got to go be accepted by God. you got to run faster, run harder on the treadmill of life to please God somehow, to be accepted by God, to be loved by God somehow. Find yourself. I need to find myself. I need to become something. 
and they are all, they are all failing miserably. And some of you have been there. Some of you are still there. See, the Bible says that no one is righteous, not even one. We've all failed miserably. And Isaiah says here, 64, our righteousness is like filthy rags before God, which means that our right doing, what we think is pretty cool, in the sense of righteousness and perfection with God, doesn't say much. In Romans 3, it says there's no one righteous, not even one. Our self-effort, our trying to be good enough or to do good, will never, ever make us righteous. Can I have some good amen? It will never, ever make us righteous or perfect in this way. It is simply not possible. All religions is trying to do is to be good and to try harder and to attain, but they are failing. And then Jesus comes along and he makes it worse. Jesus is so cool. He's so offensive. He goes into the whole Matthew. You know the Matthew Beatitudes? Oh, I'm actually got, got words. It's a fixed. Praise Jesus, guys. Come on, give it up for tech team. Our tech team downstairs here, downstairs and upstairs. They did so well. Thank you so much for fixing the screen and fixing this whole thing. So Jesus comes along, right? It's in, in, in the Beatitudes, right? In, in, um, in Matthew 5. In Matthew 5, 20, you know what he says? So offensive. He says to the Jews that if your righteousness does not exceed, surpass the righteousness of the Pharisees and the, the teachers of the law, you can't be part of the kingdom of God. What? Do you know how righteous these people are trying to be? The Pharisees are so righteous. The Sadducees, you know, they're so righteous. The teachers of the law, you know, they got so committed to righteousness. No one is like those guys, you know. They're like the top holy people of those days. What do you mean, Jesus? How is this possible then? How can we enter into the kingdom of God? And then he makes it worse. Then he says a bit later in Matthew uh, 5, uh, 48, then he says, he says, be perfect now as your heavenly father is perfect. What? How on earth is this possible? Now what Jesus is doing is very, very smart. Now he's God, of course, he is smart. But he's very smart. He's doing two things at the same time. He is for one, he's saying what people says, your own righteousness counts for nothing. You can never get there, so get to the end of your righteousness. But he's also prophesying towards a time that through the power of the Holy Spirit and through the death of Jesus Christ on the cross, that righteousness and perfection and holiness become a gift for the body of Christ. For every person who believes in Christ, he'll be perfect, he'll be perfect on the end inside on the inside so he's prophesying he's so smart he's so cool isn't he buddha you know buddha this is the last thing he said before he died he says all this decay a buddha can only point the way become a lamb lamp sorry unto yourself work out your own salvation you probably got that out of the bible actually he says figure it out I don't know the way. Figure it out yourself. I don't know. And then Jesus comes along. Hey, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You will not come to the Father except through me. That's what Jesus says. And Buddha just didn't get it, sadly. The band U2 says, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Right? The Rolling Stones, what they say. I can't get no. 
They were this morning here, so that's fine. I can't get no satisfaction. Everybody is looking for the satisfaction to be good and to be full and to be holy and to be right with themselves and right with God, right? It's so incredibly amazing. All religious are on this performance treadmill, trying to arrive somewhere, trying to be something, trying to become something. But I have good news for all of you guys here tonight, that Christianity is the opposite. Christianity starts with perfection. Christianity starts with an infusion of righteousness in your own life, as holy as God is. What? As holy as God is. When you're born again by the power of the Holy Spirit, you get born by God, and you're not just 80% of God. You're like 80% holy, and 20% percent you got to figure out yourself. Really? When you get born again, you get born again of incorruptible. That means it's not corruptible. It is not able to be corrupted because you're born of a seed of God himself, the Holy Spirit, and so you're like a little holy one. That's what Christians mean, little holy ones. You are a son and a daughter of God himself. Scandalous. But absolutely awesome. It is so amazing. Honestly, I want you to see this tonight. It changed my life. Christianity starts by arriving. Christianity starts... On the finish line. Say, what do you mean? I got a race to run. No, no. Yeah, I know you got a face to face, but you start, your, your starting point is on the finish line. Because you stand on the line of the finished work of Jesus Christ. Some people say, Yeah, Jesus finished everything, so I don't have to do anything. I sit down. Really? My Bible says that his finish is my start, my beginning. We start on the finish line of life, which is so empowering, so empowering. And it is not because we are so good or what we have done, but it's because of something that God has given to us. It's called the gift of righteousness. Some theologians here in the front row. The gift of righteousness. And it's all because of the performance of Jesus Christ himself. His perfect performance on our behalf. 2 Corinthians 5.22, God made him Jesus who had no sin to be sin for us, that in him we might become the righteousness of God. My, one of my favorite scriptures next to John 3.16. I'm going to use them both tonight. God made him Jesus who had no sin to be sin for us, that we, that we sinful people, might become the righteousness of God. It's just a beautiful thing what God has done. He put all the sin of the world on Jesus Christ as a free gift to Jesus. Father, here we go. Jesus, you have it on behalf of the world. And Jesus, okay, I'll carry it. And then he carries it into the grave. And he leaves it there. And then he rose victorious. That's Easter all about. He rose victorious, remember? On the third day. And brings freedom to all the captives, all the people like you and me. To bring us freedom and give us the gift of righteousness, the gift of non-sinfulness it is so beautiful this is the gospel of Jesus Christ it's so powerful in this way we are perfect in Christ my father on his tombstone I was in Holland we were in Holland the other day about three four weeks ago five weeks I have no idea what it is uh, anymore it's jet lag it's just like crazy it was crazy it's not okay now anyway so we are on this and his tombstone says complete in Christ he had a lot of failures in his life he had issues in his life like we all do but he knew what God had done in his life 
that he was complete in Christ. Are you complete in Christ? If you're a Christian, you are. You are. I'll get there. I'm going somewhere, guys. Don't, don't lose me now. I'm going somewhere. It is powerful because this perfection is at the core of your identity, is at the core of who you are. To understand this well, and the only way to understand this, is to understand spirit, soul, and body. See, we are a tripart, tripart being. Three parts. We are a... Come on, theologians, all of you. We are a spirit. We have a soul, mind, will, emotions. And we live in a earth suit. Earth suit. We have a spirit. <laughs> Catherine, amazing uh, teaching last week. If you haven't seen uh, yesterday, she was amazing last week. And she talked about it. Thessalonians, may God himself, the God of peace sanctify you through and through may your whole spirit soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our lead jesus christ he wants wholeness in every area but he has started with your spirit when you say yes to jesus christ he comes in by the holy spirit he cuts out the old and the old and he makes you new on the inside right you get a new hard drive right a new hard drive in your life absolutely pure actually your spirit a new spirit is actually connected to god you're one spirit with him you're together one spirit with him. Amen. Absolutely powerful. It's called, God, they call it, it's a new creation. Born of God. It's amazing. Ephesians talked about this. He chose us in him before the creation of the world. To be holy and blameless in his sight. Verse 7. In him we have redemption through his blood, forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace. But I love this in the Passion Translation. It goes straight after that. Verse 4. Because of his great love, he ordained us. So that we would be seen as holy in his eyes with an unstained innocence. Now Colossians talks a bit more about this and we'll go there in a couple of weeks time. But the thing is though, it's an unstained innocence in your born again spirit. And the reason why it's unstained is because it's completely holy. There's no stain. There's no stain with God. There's no stain at all with God. Amen. And so with you, you've been born of God. So there's no stain for you too. This is amazing. I know how excited you are. I can see it in your eyes. More, more and more how exciting this is to see that we can live in such a beautiful, born of God himself. It is so incredibly powerful. Let's look at Hebrews 10, 14. For by one sacrifice, let's say it together. For by one sacrifice, a bit louder. For by one sacrifice, yes, he is made perfect forever those who are being made holy. And here you see those two realities that are walking parallel at the same time. He has perfected you forever, which is in your spirit. And then he is working on your soul, on your mind and emotions to get into line with your born again spirit, which is perfect. Those two things are happening all at the same time. It is so wonderful. And so Christianity is actually a journey of discovery of who you really are. And then, becoming it. Same time. And discovering who you are, and then becoming it. You get it? Good. Make sure. Let's make sure you are. See, God works on from the inside out in your life. He makes you something, and then He makes you something. I'm too deep for Sunday night, or you know. He makes you absolutely perfect in your born again spirit, right? Perfect. 
And then he makes you perfect as you walk this life in your soul, body, mind, spirit, body, not spirit, body, mind, even, even uh, we'll talk about it more. Uh, body, mind. <laughs> What's the soul? Three things. <laughs> Minds, will, emotions. Thank you so <laughs> In this stuff, and that's what we had this series, of course, to sort out your stuff. The, the thinking that is off, the lies and the things and the emotions that we have and all this kind of stuff. It is in this world we have all this stuff. And that's why we become more and more like our born-again spirit, which is perfect. So there's tenant thing going on and more and more and more and more and more and more and more. And somehow you come when you get old. Like, I'm older. Don't call me old. I got a beard. I know it's gray. But more and more, you become more and more like Christ. And actually, the whole, your whole body, soul, even your body starts aligning by who God wants you to be. It's beautiful. You're righteous and you're becoming righteous. You're perfect and you're becoming perfect. You're holy and you're becoming holy. It's always these things at the same time in your life. And so we start be, by resting. We start by being seated. That's why I'm at the finish line. We don't start like, yes, let's do this Christian thing. We can do this. That's what the guys in the Old Testament, you can do this. Is this covenant? Yes, we can do this. Great. Let's do this. 3,000 people died. They can't do it at all. Your righteousness is like filthy rags. They died. 3,000 died. Because they all disappeared. They said, yeah, we can do this stuff. No, you can't. You can't do this stuff. You don't start with, let's do this, Christian. No, no, you start by resting in the finished work of Christ. Your spirit, you're seated in heavenly places. Now, where's heavenly places? Let's go there for a second, because some of you may not be knowledgeable about where's, your, where's heavenly places. Where are you seated with him, Christ? Where is this? There's not, there's not, um, more than one place. Praise you, Jesus. Where, where are we all sitting then? Here. Yes? Inside? And heaven. Great. I don't know the theology, but it sounds wonderful. It sounds beautiful. I'm sure it is that way. Yeah. Anybody else? It's not rhetorical. It's actually a real question. I believe that it's in, you know, I often talk about the puku. Remember that you living, living water. Jesus says the living water will flow out of your innermost being. And it's like the umbilical cord that we have. Same as our mother. It's the natural one. But we also have a spiritual umbilical cord. Spirit is here, in here, right? You feel it when you get to roaming and it's just here. And so the thing is that we have this umbilical cord. I believe heaven is right here. It's right around us. Yeah, maybe also somewhere in heaven. But otherwise you go like, oh, somewhere in space, you know. We're not there because anything like somewhere there, we're seated somewhere with Christ, but Mars somewhere. Well, that's nice. And maybe we are. It's nice. But the thing is though, what you have to understand is that you actually seated with Christ in heavenly places right here. You're right here. It's amazing. Right here. And so also this means that you have access to the Holy Spirit and to your inheritance all the time. It's flowing. And it's actually up to you to actually make it flow or not flow. And that's why I want to challenge you today to see you more as supernatural beings than natural. Because the problem is with natural, we actually don't do very well with natural. Because we don't get into the spiritual. And then we're like anybody else. It's like we're not born again. It's like we're not like Christ. It's like whatever, you know. And this is the empowering part, is that you are perfect, is that you've been born of God, is that you're a new creation, is that you are a son and a daughter of the living God. Amen? Amen. But it's not because of what you've done, or me, it's because of Jesus. Because he has done in our lives this gift of righteousness, this new creation he has made us to be. Amen? So good. Now here, look at the scripture. Now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, Right? 
Do you know the song? The song, yeah, la, la, la. yeah. Also, but also, you know, but it's very important. Now, it, you, you may say, "Well, walk into church, and the Spirit of the Lord is here, so here there is freedom, and I'm free." Doesn't work that way. Yes, where the Spirit of the Lord is freedom, but actually, how it works scripturally here is where the where the Spirit is Lord. There is freedom. That's how you should read it. If you look in the Greek, where the Spirit is Lord in your life, there is freedom. It's not like automatic, I'm a Christian, now I'm free. No, it's all these things that you bring into the Lordship of Christ and you're aligning yourself more and more with the truth of your Holy Spirit in your life. Then you become more and more free, 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 free. And this whole series of eight weeks was all about this. But I want you to see something because if you fail to see this, then you think that you are struggling, that your struggles are, is you. We have all stuff, right? I, had, I was abused when I was young and all kind of, I have to deal with all kinds of stuff in my life. But if I did not know, and I, know, I learned it the last couple of years, if I did not know what I know right now, I would never be able to face this stuff because I would think that is me. I'm a failure. I'm a rotten failure. Right? And I thought that for years. Can't get out of it. Those thoughts and the things in my life, it's so difficult. It says in Romans 12 to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to the Lord. See, the thing is your body wants stuff. It wants food. It wants sex. It wants drink. It wants stuff. It's just things. It just wants stuff. Now, if you, get, if you don't get controlled by the Holy Spirit in your life, then you go off the rails. If you follow your instinct, you follow those desires of the flesh, you'll be in trouble pretty quickly. That's why the world's in a mess. That's why we have to, again, live, align ourselves with the body, body, soul, spirit. Align ourselves with the spirit. What does the spirit say? And Paul says, put on Christ. And as you put on Christ, then we keep our body in control. We don't eat so much. Sex is for marriage. Man and woman. It's just the way it is. It's not very PC, Gideon. I actually don't give a rip. It's what the Bible says. So it's just the way it is. And be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. It's so wonderful that He, by His Holy Spirit, draws us, and we align ourselves more and more by the Holy Spirit into our mind and our will and emotions. Absolutely beautiful. Catherine talked about it last week. Again, same thing. She says it's not about a diet life. It's not like eight weeks. We've had eight weeks now of mental, emotional health. We've arrived. Praise Jesus. I dealt with this anger. I'm not angry anymore. You know? I've dealt with it. Well, at least 20%. And then we stop doing it and we do something else. No, it's a lifestyle. Our whole lives are a process of following the Lord and for our lives to be the... And he'll, point, he'll point some things in your life that's wonderful. But the key point that I want to make tonight, and that's beautiful, is that you start with perfection. You start with being loved unconditionally by God. And that is the most powerful thing of the gospel. This is what I didn't do this morning, so this is new because I forgot about this. Philippians 2, look at this, it's really good. Now you must continue to make this new life, new life, manifest in your life as you live in the holy awe of God which brings you trembling into His presence. God will continually revitalize you implanting within you the passion to do what pleases 
Him. God has implanted in our lives the Holy Spirit to become a new creation. From that place, it's the engine room of your life. That's where we live out of. And it's absolutely powerful. It is absolutely beautiful. And that's why the fruit of the Spirit, which we talked about, in your life should be love, peace, patience, kindness, joy, all this kind of stuff. But also not only the fruit, but also the... Theologians? Fruit and... Thank you. The gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't believe the gifts are for these days. This is nonsense. We can all move in the gifts of God. We can all move in prophecy. We can move in tongues. We can discerning of spirits. We can heal people all because of the power of Jesus Christ, because we are sons just like him. I'm sorry, there's no... Actually, Jesus says you do greater things than I do. So please don't tell me that we can't do this kind of stuff because he commanded, he told us, he sent us to do this kind of stuff. So there's powerful fruit from our lives. But I want to say something to you. If you know that you cannot fail... And you're born against me, you cannot fail as a son, as a daughter of God. That this empowers your life and my life. If you know that you are holy all the time and it doesn't fluctuate by the nuances of life where you feel good or you feel bad, you kick the cat or not. <laughs> this has nothing to do with who you are in Christ. You shouldn't be doing that, but it's not you. Well, it is you, but it's not you. When you know how you are completely and totally forgiven, once for all, not a little bit. And I kicked the cat again. I'm so sorry, Lord, please forgive me. That's nonsense. You are already forgiven. Now, don't kick the cat. That's dumb. I say sorry to the cat. Sorry, cat. That's just dumb. But it doesn't change who you are. It doesn't change you're a forgiven person. <laughs> You know, this so empowers you because in my life when I was younger, right? It's not that long ago, by the way. I still feel 18, you know, 24 or whatever. I just have a beard and look great. But I'm still jumping up and down here more, more than you, more than most of you. So don't tell me. I felt a failure in most of my life. Did you know that? Because I had the thoughts. I had this abuse situation. which really struggled in my life with stuff, you know. There's stuff in my life, you know. And, and the problem was, what happened was, because I didn't know this, I didn't know that I was awesome all the time, but I had an issue. Maybe you have 10 issues, five issues. It's part of your life, little parts that are broken. Could be one big part. I had one big part that was broken, but affected my whole life. The problem is, I'll tell you why, why it's so important. I thought I became that part. That was me. So you are a blimmer failure, Gideon. Look at you. Look at your life. I didn't understand it was just a part that was broken, but I was still here, Gideon, the son of God, radiant, beautiful, holy, forgiven, righteous forever. If I had known that, I would have been much more easy. I would have, I would have been able to deal with the stuff much more easily. Because it gives confidence to live from this place of righteousness and perfection, you actually dare now to deal with the stuff. It gives you, there's no fear. Because you don't have to prove anything. You're approved by God. You can't fail. He will always accept you. It doesn't matter. So in this place, it's beautiful. But this place empowers you to deal with the issues of life. In your mind, your will, emotions. Serious. And it gives you the confidence and the boldness to say, yes, Lord, I want to be on this journey. 
with you. Because no fear, remember, there's no fear. I'm living in perfect love. I'm one with Jesus. I'm one inside me, always. And never leave me nor forsake me. Always righteous. I hope you're getting it. And so this empowers my life. And now you will dare to look at stuff. Not only that, you actually welcome. Because I want to change. I don't want to have this fight inside of me. Because you know what is right. You know there's an issue. I always get angry. Your wife says, you always get angry. No, I don't. I don't get angry. Well, you are getting angry all the time. Well, I'm not getting angry. You know what, until you, don't, you know what I mean? But now you say, no, no, I am, I am angry. So tell me, Lord, what's going on? How can I go to a counselor? Go, go do something. I had to go to a counselor too. It's not bad to go to a shrink, guys. They'll sort you out. Your mind and emotions. At the same time, you're awesome. So you go to a shrink. I went to my shrink because he understands this stuff. She so says, get in. We're awesome. I know. Awesome. All the time. All the time. Now let's deal with this stuff. Knowing that you're that. That's what I want you to learn tonight. That we're always awesome in this way. And that's why our prayer should be, Lord, show me more. Paul, Paul in Ephesians, uh, Paul, almost finished. Paul in Ephesians, he's, Ephesians? Ephesians. In Dutch is Ephesians, in the, you spell it right. Ephesians, Ephesians 1. Actually, in the whole, it's not Ephesians at all. It's Ephesia. Ephesia. The Ephesia brief under Ephesia. By the way, did you know that Ephesians was a big church, about 30,000 people met in the Colosseum and stuff, apparently, in the Colosseum? I want you to knock mega churches. Knock. Don't knock mega churches. What did I say? Don't knock them. No, 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 don't knock them. I said, I, I want you to not knock. Oh, yeah, okay, don't, don't knock. But at least you're listening now. At least you're with me now. Don't knock big churches. They become big for a certain reason. Because they have awesome leadership and amazing people that they found and amazing evangelism. And they're, they're big for some reason. Yeah, maybe there be systems there. Is God cleaning some of the stuff? Yes, fine. But don't knock them, please. We need big churches. I found it shameful. What I see on the news and what I see in people's lives, I think it's shameful. It's the bride of Christ. The bride of Christ. He says, he says, Ephesians, he prays for the Ephesian church. He says, may God give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation that you may know him better. See, when you know God better, you will know yourself better of who you are as a son and as a daughter. Amen. And so the prayer is, Lord, show me who I am. And that revelation of who I am, that's really the Christian life. What is this? The discovery is a discovery of revealing of what God has already made you to be. Amen? This is so beautiful, so powerful, living from this place. We are in the process of becoming what we already are. So good. Father, we thank you for everything you've done through Jesus Christ in our lives and the power of the Holy Spirit. What an incredible, ingenious plan. Lord, even the devil didn't get it. What a loser. Even he didn't get it. He thought it would kill you, Jesus. And what a good thing because your death actually made us life, gave us life. Billions of people life. It actually brought your church and your, <laughs> and your, your bride into, into being. And then, of course, it made you holy because you paid for the sin of the world, Lord. And because of that, Lord, the Holy Spirit could come 50 days later because we're now holy on the inside. And you would merge inside with us, Lord, by the power of your Holy Spirit and make us new creations. What an incredible plan, Lord. 
We're so amazed by your love. We're so amazed by who you are and who you've made us to be. I pray, we pray together that you give us a revelation of who you are and who we are in you and who you've made us to be. And we're so incredibly grateful what you've done. And we willingly, Lord, say yes to the process of being transformed from glory to glory, from faith to faith, from strength to strength in our lives. We say yes, Lord, because we know how loved we are and how perfect we are in Jesus Christ, our Lord. We give you worship and praise in Jesus' name. Holy, to sing a song again, holy, build my life holy. I don't know how to say the words, guys. Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. And it says there, show me who you are. Show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around show me show me who you are show me who i am in you and fill me with your glory fill me with your understanding the spirit of wisdom and revelation in my life that i would know and live according to your will lord to have health in my body have health in my soul my mind and will and emotions lord father thank you that we can become healthy christian happy christians peaceful christians holy christians we worship you lord and thank you lord that you are building us lord you're building us we are our workmanship lord that you are building in beautiful vessels and we thank you lord for the purpose that you've done in our lives and we worship you and we give you all praise in jesus name come on let's guys stand together let's worship him guys just let's worship him because none of this is possible without jesus christ None of this is possible without what He has done for your life. And that's why the cross, you should fall in, in, in love with Jesus and the cross of Christ because of what He has done for us. We've become what He's become in Jesus' name. Amen.